You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thank you, Jesus. Such a sweet privilege to be in your presence. Such a sweet privilege to be loved by you, to be saved by you, to be healed by you, to be strengthened by you, to be upheld by you. The sacrifice you paid on Calvary has brought us to this place and is continuing to save and continue to keep us. So Lord, we pray for grace, grace to trust you more, grace to trust you more, grace to not look at the circumstances, to not look at the situations, to not look at the things that we see around us, but to trust in the integrity of your word. Oh, for grace to trust you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Put your hands together. You may take your seat. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming into church today. I feel like the volume of this thing is kind of all over the place. But it is good to be in church this morning. I want to say hello to everyone here present. I want to say a big hello to our online audience as well. I'm a bit... <laughs> My fans from Ibadan are already hailing me. What's up? I'm very happy to be here today. I've been out of church for two weeks because I was ill. Um, and it's when you are ill. Ah, wait. Tolu, don't go here too. I want you to continue to be playing in the background for me so that the message will sound very powerful. Do you understand? So just be playing songs about like Jesus, how I love you, do you understand? Not Ololadi um, Ashake, like about Jesus, do you understand? Not about Agatha in Osaka. Love Jesus. So songs about Jesus, how I love you. But like as I was saying, um, I've been out of church for two weeks and it's when you're not feeling so well that you start to take your, you realize that you take your health for granted. And to not be able to stand up to not, the days were bleeding into each other. I would wake up one day and it's like Wednesday and I'll wake up and I'm like, what day is this? And so it's Friday. You know, I, 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 I lost the consciousness of time for a while. I was just all over the place. So to be here standing, you know, fully, my health fully restored, my body strong, you know, my mind saying, I'm so grateful to God. I am so thankful to God. And I want to just say that it's a privilege to be here in the house of God with so many wonderful people like you. You know, God has brought you here for such a time as this, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Give yourselves a clap one more time. Amen. Amen. All right, so I am going to do two things very quickly. Housekeeping. Uh, I like the way that sounds. I sound like BWS. Housekeeping. Um, so first things we're going to do is if, actually tomorrow, is it tomorrow? When is Workers' Day? Today. Ah, right. Okay, so today we're going to pray for ourselves as workers. If you are a worker, if you work for a business, you own your own business, if you do any labor whatsoever, if you are, a, if you are just one of those people who sits down home and you're enjoying, money is just coming to your account, you have a trust fund somewhere, you're not working, you can sit down. But if you are a laborer and you are a worker, you know, you have a job, you desire to have a job, I want you to just stand on your feet and we're going to pray for a few minutes Please stand if you can. If you can't, that's fine. But if you can, you know, I want you to do this as an act of faith. So 
in your heart, I want you to take one minute and just talk to God about the work you do. Talk to God about your job. Talk to God about your business. Talk to God about, if you don't have a job, talk to God about that. You know, if you have a job and you want a better job, talk to God about that. But I want you to talk to God about the labor of your own hand. And I want you to tell God, God, I use these hands to work for you. I use these hands to work for your kingdom. I use my brain, my body, my capacity to work for you. So Lord, I want to first of all thank you for the opportunity to be able to work. Thank you for the strength to be able to work. And Lord, now I look to you in this new season for fresh grace. I want you to talk to God. Ask God, say these words to God as you can in your own words. I look to you for fresh grace, Lord, to be a diligent worker. That my work, my labor will amount to plenty. And everything I set my hand to do will be blessed. That Lord, as I put my hand to the work you've given me, I will reap an abundance 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. I will be a faithful steward. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you because your word says the labor of the righteous tends to life. Lord, we thank you because as we continue to press, as we continue to work, as we stand in the marketplace as your righteous seed, Lord, we thank you because our labor will tend to life in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you because your word says we should reassure the righteous that it is well with them. So Lord, we come to declare over everyone here present who is working and those who are believing you for jobs that it is well with us in the name of Jesus. We will enjoy the reward of our labor in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you because your word says, you know, blessed is the man who, you know, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, because as we delight in your law, you will make us like trees planted by rivers of living water. Lord, our, 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 our leaves will not wither. Our fruit will abide forever in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because for all of us here present, Lord, we will continue to yield an abundance of fruit in everything we set our hands to do. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. All right, thank you so much. You may have your seat. Happy Workers' Day to you. If you're like me, you're a bit obsessed because you are looking forward to the extra three days, but they've shortened this by one day, so now it's two days. So um, I'm sorry for those of you who are looking forward to that. Okay, so anyway, we will start to just, I'll do a quick recap of what it is we shared last week. Um, so last week we talked about contagious joy, and Pastor Akinele was sharing. And he was talking about how the world is in dire straits. Things are really, really tough in the world. Sorry, I feel like the volume of this mic is, is not, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm not hearing myself, but it's okay. Can everybody hear me? Very well. Ah, okay, sorry. Carry on. Okay, there we go. Now I can hear myself. Thank you. So we talked about contagious joy and how our job how our work on the earth is to try and share and spread this joy to people, you know, to give them beauty for ashes, the joy of gladness, you know, the, the oil of gladness for the spirit of heaviness. And it was a really important message. So throughout this teaching series that we've done throughout the month of April, we've talked about evangelism. We've talked about the what of evangelism, what it is. It's sharing the good news of God's kingdom, God's dominion, God's power, God's love to the people we see around us. 
We've talked about why it's important. Because the world is currently going through a deep, the Bible says, gross darkness has covered the earth. So now we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about how to evangelize. And I know when I taught on this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I taught very briefly about being the salt and the light of the earth. What I want to do now is give you a couple of um, pointers as to how to go about doing this. And I will try and make it as practical as possible. I will use a lot of examples from the Bible. Multimedia, I hope you can follow me. Um, just to sort of give you a glimpse into how we are expected to share the gospel of the kingdom with the people around us. So, um, like I always do, I'm going to ask you to please bring out your Bibles. We're going to read together. Ah, now I'm sounding, the bass is coming out. We're going to read together. And as we read together, um, we'll just talk you through. Amen? Amen. Okay, so Life Point Band, I need you to give me energy, energy, energy. Okay. So, amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. So, let's, let's read the scripture we read three weeks ago. Isaiah chapter 61 from verse 1 to 4. Isaiah 61, 1 to 4. Okay. Okay. Those of you who have your Bibles, we'll read together. Multimedia will join us. Isaiah 61 from verse 1 to 4. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Ah, no, I need, I need the screen because we have to read it together. Multimedia, how far now? Okay. I'll read this one. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah 61, not John. Isaiah 61 from verse 1 to 4. Okay. I'll, I'll be praying for you, please. Um, prayer warriors in the house, stretch forth your hands and be praying for the multimedia people. Let me read it. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to physical and spiritual captives, and freedom to prisoners. Are we? Are we? Right, next verse. Next verse. Hey, Jesus shall me. I prayed this morning, you know. Ha, they've abandoned me. <laughs> Say that again. Is hanging. Okay. Okay. Let's read it together. So let me just do it by a quick show of hands. Who reads who reads KJV here? Ah, it's only me. Hey, just okay, two of us. It's on the phone. Okay. Open your phone, eh? And then look for the KJV so we can read it together. I want us to I want us to do this together. So let's read it. Isaiah chapter 61 from verse 1 to 4. So I'll open it in my own Bible and we'll go. All right, let's do it together. Can we read together? One, two, go. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. Next verse. and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Next verse. To grant, let's read what's on the screen. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit. 
that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Next verse. And they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. But let's go back to verse 1. And verse 1, this is what I want to point out. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How many people here believe that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon them? Okay, so only 6, 7, 8, 12. Okay, let me ask you. How many people believe that the Spirit of the Lord God is not upon them? Okay, so that means we all believe it. Now, if you believe that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, then this is the work that you have been called to do, to preach the gospel. And you notice how the first thing that we are called to do is to preach. To preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor. To, you know, to heal up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty and the opening of prison doors. Let me put it to you this way. The Spirit of the Lord God is not upon you for material blessing. Okay, you don't believe me. This scripture that I'm reading here, Jesus himself read it. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he gave you all the different things that the Spirit of the Lord God has been giving to you to do. Material blessing is a benefit you get because you are a son of God, because you are a child of God. But the Holy Spirit that has been put on the inside of you is not for you to be saying, Holy Spirit, help me make money. No. The first thing you've been called to do is to preach the gospel of good tidings. But if you look at it, if you really do an assessment in our lives of how many of us are using the spirit of the Lord God that has been placed upon us for the work that we've been giving you, notice that it's not many people. Me that I'm standing here before you, how many times have I preached here on this stage? Maybe four times. If you ask me how many times I get to preach the gospel to the meek, the good tidings to the people in a month, maybe, I don't know, maybe ten times. And I have the Spirit of the Lord God resting upon me. So it tells me that, and that's the reason why my life and Jesus' life do not tally. Jesus was day in, day out, minute in, minute out, moment by moment, day by day, consistently using the Spirit of the Lord God that had been placed upon him for the work that he had been, it had been assigned for. There's someone who says this, I can't remember who it was. It says, if you give somebody something and you don't give them the purpose for that thing, they will abuse it. For many of us, we do not know why the Spirit of the Lord God has been placed on the inside of us. We have been empowered to do this specific work. And that's the reason why people will get to heaven and say, Lord, 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 I was a, I was a giant in the marketplace. By the help of the Holy Spirit, I've, I built seven businesses. One in London, two in Miami. Two in Nigeria, but obviously I closed those ones down because I wanted to move on to greener pastures. But because of the Spirit of the Lord God upon me, I've done this, this, that, and the other. And the Holy Spirit will look at the, 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 the register and say, ah, but did you preach the good tidings? You didn't do that one. Zero. Did you heal up the brokenhearted? You didn't do that one. Zero. And when we do a full analysis of whether or not you have used the Spirit of the Lord God upon you, for the right purpose, you will find that many people are not doing that. So, my work here today is to reorient your mind, reorient your thinking, to help you change the way you see what God has placed on the inside of you so you don't abuse it. Amen? 
Amen. Are you with me? All right, let's go. So, let me give you a couple of examples just to prove to you that what I'm saying is true. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, from verse 1, it says, you know, they were all in one accord. You know, suddenly there came a host from heaven, mighty rushing wind, blah, 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 blah. The Holy Spirit came, descended on them as doves. And then they began to speak in a new tongue. Now, if you continue to read through that verse, if you get to verse 14, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Let's read it together. Acts 2, verse 14. Please have your Bibles handy. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. And I'm looking at the timer and I, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Let's go. But Peter, standing with you. Let's read together. But Peter raised his voice and addressed them. You Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you so that you will know and understand. Listen closely to what I have to say. The point I'm trying to make here is this. As soon as the Holy Spirit fell upon Peter, by the way, this is the same Peter who a few months ago has seen Jesus just down the road from him and said, ah, Peter, are you not a disciple of Jesus? He said, me? Never. Can't be me. This same Peter, less than maybe two months ago, had denied Jesus three times. But because he had spent some time with Jesus post that denial, Jesus had spent some time teaching them, and because they had received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the same Peter who denied Jesus, the same Peter who misbehaved, as soon as he received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the first thing he did was what? To begin to preach to the people in Jerusalem. The Bible says that he received boldness and he began to speak. This is the same Peter who had denied Jesus. So what that tells me is that the, the, the first port of call for anybody who receives the Holy Spirit is to actually use that Holy Spirit, that power, to begin to share the gospel, to go out into the world and preach the good news. I, I hear stories all the time when I listen to messages and things on podcasts. People who, they will say that they got, they, they got born again that day. And then the next morning they woke up and they just went and started preaching and telling people, Jesus is Lord, you know, come to Jesus and be saved and be healed and all of that. Because the power that they received in that moment was so, was so immense, was so powerful. They just wanted to go out and share the gospel. But what tends to happen with a lot of us is as we receive that power, that initial gra-gra, we, we just, we, we bottle it. Say, no, I'm just starting this work. Let me first be a professional pastor, a professional man of God, then I will start to preach. No. The Spirit of the Lord God has been placed upon you so that immediately you can start to preach the gospel. Another example, just the next chapter, Acts chapter 3. These same guys just received the power of God from, you know, in the, the, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they went to the temple a few days later and they saw somebody who had been, you know, crippled from his birth sitting at the gates of the temple. It's like you're coming to church and you drive and you make the U-turn and you get to that gate there and there's a, you know, there's a mechanic guy there who helps to, this a vulcanizer, sorry, that's what they call him in Ibadan, who helps to like pump tires and stuff. You see the man there, you've been coming to church every day, every day, every day. The guys, he doesn't have, you know, he can't walk. And so they're driving as they're coming in, they see the guy and they're like, look, you know, we're here to help you. Look on us. We've just received the Holy Spirit some days ago. We're going to change your life today. 
And because of the power, because of the empowerment they received, they immediately go on and they heal the guy. My question to you is, do you have that same Holy Spirit? If you do, then how come you're not healing people in the streets? These are deep questions, guys. How come the same Holy Spirit that was in Peter for four days or six days or whatever, and he was able to heal people at the gate of the temple, has been living in you for three months or three years, or in my case, 30 years, and I have not healed anybody? Why? These are deep questions, and we're going to start answering them today. So let's, let's go on. Everybody's very quiet today. It's like I've come to tackle you. I'm, I'm healthy. I was sick. I'm now whole. Ah, I'm ready for you even today. We walk. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Tolu, are you playing? I'm hearing something like, am I your problem? What are you playing? Okay? Sweet Jesus. Good boy. Your problem is you too savvy. Carry on. Okay, let's go. So the thing, the thing is this, to be able to appropriate the spirit of God that has been placed upon you. Again, question, how many people believe that they have received the spirit of the Lord God? Okay, now some people are not even sure. <laughs> I had a lot more people before, now some people are not sure. How many people believe that they have received the spirit of the Lord God? Okay, the way to use that spirit has been given to us. We have received a template in the Bible on how to, uh, how to use that spirit properly to be able to do the work that we've been called to do in Isaiah 61. Now, if I asked you randomly, you know, if you need to go and evangelize, what, what do you think you need to be able to do the work of evangelism properly? Most people, and if you're like me, will say, Oma, we need power. We need power. You know, when we get there, we just want to go, just speak the word. Everybody just rise up from affliction. Speak the word. Cast out devils. We need power, power, power. And if you go to most churches where they are going for evangelism, before they go out, they hold hands, they scabash in the spirits, and they call power from on high because that's what they feel they need. And there's nothing wrong with it. I want to be clear. There's nothing wrong with desiring the power of God in your circumstances as we go out to speak to people. But the problem with this thing is that if you demand for power, and you do not know how to wield it, you will burn people. I'll say it again. You call upon the power of God because you want to go and disciple the nations, but you do not know how to use it wisely. You will end up burning people. I can speak from experience. I have been with people who are men of stature in the spirit, people of God who know and know and know and they come in contact with people who should be discipled, who should be evangelized. And immediately, their, their natural tendency is to use the power of God to try and castigate them. Let me give you a classic example. So that you people will know. In my church in Ibadan, my father is what we call a prayer warrior. He's an intercessor. It's one of the guys who, when they say, time for prayer meeting, he's usually the first guy in front. He's always present, always available. One day, I went to Ibadan to go and greet my dad, and I was talking to him, and he was like, ah, Timadi, you will not believe. I want to Gen Z. This, that's in Yoruba. That means all these Gen Z people. They came to our church. Oh, ha, we were praying. Praying for Nigeria. Praying for the nations of the world. And then one young lady just walked into our church. And Timadi, her hair was so high. Only Mohawk. 
I said, ah, daddy, what's wrong with Mohawk? He said, no, 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 no. I mean, I've seen Mohawk when I was in, in New York, so I know what it is. But daddy, that Mohawk was so high. I said, but daddy, people wear Mohawks nowadays. not a problem. He said, no, 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 wait. Let me describe it to you. It was high. It was not red. And she came to church with the high hair and the red kidney. And then she didn't now even sit down at the back. She came close to the front. And I was and I actually sat and I asked my dad, I said, but daddy, you, can't, you tell me that you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. These are the people who need our help. I mean, I'm not trying to generalize. You can have a mohawk and be saved. But there are people out there in the world who you can tell that this person, he needs Jesus. If your immediate response is because, ah, man, me, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, oh, ah, no, this person, we cannot, I cannot near this person, or you near the person, and then you start to tell the person, you are a sinner. I receive the word of God, revelation knowledge, I can, I can testify, you are a sinner. You have the power of God, but you are misappropriating it. And that person that you are speaking to will never hear the word of God from your mouth. Do, do you agree with me? That person will never believe that the God you say you serve is a good God. No matter how much you shout it. Because you're taking the power of God that has been given to you, the anointing, the discernment of God that has been given to you, and you use it to burn somebody. And that happens over and over and over again. The average evangelism meeting, we all go out together now. We, you know, we're going to go and evangelize, and then we go and miss people. We start telling them, you, you are a sinner. You need to change your ways. Otherwise, you go to hell. You, you are, I know you are a Yahoo boy. You even dress like them. Orange jackets in the house of God. Change your ways. Using the gifts and the callings and the power of the Holy Spirit to condemn people instead of to save them. Isaiah 61 there says, we are called to bind up the brokenhearted. We are called to set the captives free. We are called to use the power that we have received for healing people, for breaking them from the affliction that they have, to give them the oil of joy, the oil of joy, gladness, happiness, praise, instead of the spirit of heaviness, not to be the voice, the mouth, the hands that, that will condemn them. I hope, I hope you're following me today. So that's, that, that's what we've been called to do. The way, let me, let me put it to you this way. Some other people, they don't use the power that they receive to condemn people. They use the power that they receive for miracles because they believe that if I do a miracle, this person will be saved. But let me tell you something today. Miracles do not give faith. You don't believe me. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. They were eating miracles every morning. There was a pillar of fire in the night, pillar of cloud by day. They saw miracles, boku boku. And yes, the Bible says they did not enter into the promised land because of their own belief. You can use the power that God has given you for miracles and believe that because you've done a bunch of miracles. Again, we see it in the Bible. The Bible says, in thy name, we cast out devils. In thy name, we did this. In thy name, we did that. And God will say, look, depart from me. The spirit that I gave you, you did not wield it properly. You did not know how to use it for the benefit of my kingdom. It's not about miracles. It's not about calling out the sick. Yes, those things are important and they are good in their place. But that is not how we bring, we turn the hearts of people to God. 
I will show you how. John chapter 4. Let's read it together. Father, have mercy on me. Are we together? Let's read from verse 3. So it says, he left Judea. Let's read together. He left Judea. He here is Jesus. So let's read together. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Next verse. And he must needs go. Hey, okay, sorry. Can you give me Amplified? I know we said KJV before, but let me know. Some people are like, must needs, that was. Let's read it again. He left Judea and returned to Galilee. Next verse. It was necessary for him to go through Samaria. Next verse. And in doing so, he arrived at a Samaritan town called Sychar, near the tract of land, ha, 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 near the tract of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Next verse. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, let, are we reading together? Sat down to rest by the well. It was then about the sixth hour, about noon. Verse 7. Presently, when a woman of Samaria came along to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. The first thing that you need to know when you go out to evangelize is this. You need to have the right language. You need to have the right things to say. And how will you know what to say in every situation? Because you meet a, Samar a Samaritan woman today. You will meet a Palestinian woman tomorrow. You will meet a, an Isaleko man today. You meet Agatha from Osaka tomorrow. Each person has a specific thing that's doing them. And it is your job to know, what do I say? How do I engage with this person? Let me tell you how you do that. The Bible tells us that we have received the wisdom of God. The first thing you need to be able to be an effective evangelist is wisdom. Wisdom. To be able to speak the right language. If you know what God, what is wisdom in a nutshell? Wisdom is what God thinks about the person you are about to engage with. What God sees about this person you are about to engage with. A lot of us, we see people and immediately we judge them by our own eyes, by our own understanding, by what we know, think, see, feel, and hear. But God's wisdom is different from the wisdom of man. The Bible says that God's ways are far above our ways. The wisdom that comes from above is different from the wisdom that comes from below. So the first thing you need to do is, Lord, I'm meeting this person for the first time. What do you think about this person? What is your wisdom concerning this situation? And in this situation, God gave, Jesus received wisdom. Instead of saying, oh, hey, my name is Jesus, son of God. You know, all power has been given unto me to cast out devils. He says, look, give me water. The speech, the words you require to be able to evangelize the people that you meet will be given to you by God. I was reading a post on Instagram, was it Instagram? On Twitter. And they were talking about how Gen Z people now, when they are talking to their bosses, they will say things like, "Is giving shackles. Huh? It's giving bondage. Me, I didn't know what is giving meant until I read the post. But that tells me that if I'm going to evangelize to Shola and I can say my brother in the Lord, because Shola comes from, you know, Shobo, my brother in the Lord, 
peace be unto thee this blessed day. He will understand what I'm saying because in that area, that's how they speak. But if I come and I meet Chiamaka, I have to be able to say he's giving salvation for her to understand what it is I'm saying. You know? But if I don't have the wisdom of God for that specific situation, I will tell Chiamaka, my blessed sister, blessed are thou amongst women, and I will tell Shola is giving bondage, and Shola will not know what I'm talking about. You need, what did I say? You need the what? The wisdom of God to be able to address each situation perfectly. Jesus will see Zacchaeus. He will say, Zacchaeus, let's go and eat. He will see another one. He will say, you know, your sins are forgiven. He will see another one. He will say, give me water. He knew what to do in each situation because he was in constant conversation with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give him the wisdom on how to address everyone. If you're like me, in life when I first joined, I knew that it's hug. They used to hug everybody when they come in. So I used to avoid the hugs. But then after a while, they say, oh, no, 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 we hug here, we hug here. So what I used to do is as I'm walking to my car, I'd just be hugging, hug, 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 hug. I'm sure I've done what I need to do and I go. But you start to realize as you talk with people that, see, hug is nice. But let's talk about real issues. I've not eaten today. Your hug, how is it going to fill my stomach? You need the wisdom of God to be able to know what is required for each. Are we, are we together? So let's read next verse. Ah, this story is long and the timer is telling me bad things. Let, <laughs> let me just try and let me just try and move on so that and then we'll, I'll use the rest of the story. So the wisdom of God causes us to have the mind of God and we are sensitive to what God is sensitive to. We can speak to the specific situation in that person's life that God wants to address. Wisdom gives you the right speech. It helps you to speak. You know there's a way you can even have the right speech, but you can say it the wrong way. Like for instance, if I, if I said to Chamakana, it is giving me bondage. She would say, no, 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 no. That's not how we say it in the Gen Z land. It's, it's giving bondage. Let me tell you another story. I was talking to my brother one day, I went to his room, I said, I want you to do this, I gave him plenty of instructions. When you do this, do that, do this, do this, do this, and get back to me. He said, I say less. I said, less. You see, and he burst out laughing. He said, no, 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 say less. I said, less. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It took me a while to realize that say less is their own way of saying, like, I right, cool. In my own time, that's what we say, I right, cool, bro. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. The wish, I don't know why you're laughing at me, Shola. You didn't know what say less means. The wisdom of God will give you the right speech and will tell you the tone in which to say it. If Jesus had come to this woman and said, my friend, give me water. Same words, same speech, but different tone. She would never have listened. Immediately, she would have become defensive. You think you're better than me, Abby? Because in those days, men were considered to be, I'm using it in air quotes so that people won't tackle me, but they, they, they thought of men as superior citizens to women and Jews. She was a Samaritan. So Jews too were thought of being superior to Samaritans. But if Jesus had come to her and said, come on, give me water, give me water, I'm thirsty. Do you not know who I am, the son of God? He would have lost her. So it's not just about having the right words, it's about having the right tone. Let's move on. Let's move on to verse 
The Samaritan woman, let's read together. The Samaritan woman said to him, let's read together. Said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, and a woman for a drink? For Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. The next thing I want you to notice here is this. As Jesus starts to have the right words with her, what is on the inside of her heart starts to come out. If you speak to somebody and the words you use cannot extract the thoughts and the feelings on the inside of their heart, then you've not done a great job. If you just come and you just say, blessed are thou, you know, the Lord is with you, plus Jesus might not say, thank go, and you, you think that you've done the job of evangelizing. I'm sorry, you've not really done the work. You have to be able to speak words that can pierce into the hearts of people and get them to begin to say things to you that they may not say to anybody else. And that is what Jesus does here. He uses the right words and then he begins to extract the things that are inside her heart. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So once you have used wisdom, the next thing you have, to, you need to have is what we call compassion. So what do we say the first one was? What do we say the first one was? And what's the second one? Compassion. Now, if you're like me, and you grew up in the church that I grew up in, when people come and tell you their sad stories, your response is usually something like, ah, you know, God will be with you. God will surely do it. You, they tell you their stories and they want, they expect it to resonate in your heart, but you don't have the emotional maturity. I'm sure all the ladies are like, yeah, tell them, bro. The emotional maturity to be able to feel and the emotional sensitivity to be able to feel what they are telling you. Man, are you listening? They come and tell you, babe, today I went to work and this, 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 this happened. They're like, no. So you should have told them to do, you start providing solutions. And they're like, no, just listen to what I'm saying. You say, I'm listening to you now. You start to provide solutions. It's not everything that people tell you that they need you to solve immediately. Sometimes they want you to just hear and let that, what you hear, let it start to do a work in your heart. And that is how divine compassion works. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. We talked about one, wisdom. The second thing we're talking about is divine compassion. Matthew 14, 14, let's read together. When he went ashore and saw a great throng of people, he had compassion, pity, and deep sympathy for them and cured their sick. Ah, wait. Um, yes, okay, this is what I wanted to read. But let's read another portion of scripture very quickly. Matthew 20, 29 to 34. And I think we should read it in the KJV because there's a phrase I'm looking for there. Matthew 20, 29 to 34. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Let's read together. And behold, two men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Next verse. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. Are we reading together? But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Next verse. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I should do, shall do unto you? Next verse. They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. Next verse. So Jesus had what? 
Jesus had on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. The point I'm trying to make here is this. We see that with the woman at the well, Jesus was the one who, by wisdom, initiated the conversation. In certain situations, you will be moving in the wisdom of God and God will have people initiate the conversation with you. These ones, they, the way they even initiated it was by shouting. Now, if you're like me and you're in Lagos and you're driving, you get to Ozumba and Badwe and you're at the traffic lights and one brother starts shouting, Chiamaka! Chiamaka, help me! Help me! Help me! Your, your natural is, if Chiamaka is a good person, but let's just say, uh, Chinyere. Chinyere is driving in her car and they are shouting, Chinyere, help me. Chinyere will just wind up our window and be waiting. This light will soon turn green. Holy Spirit, shake bobo. Lights, green, in the name of Jesus. Shake bobolo. Turn on her AC to three so that the breeze will also be blowing. So she will say, I did not hear. For many of us, in the wisdom of God, God uses his wisdom to get people to engage with us. But because our hearts are not filled with compassion, we do not do anything about what we hear. Divine compassion does this. The Bible says, and Jesus was moved with compassion. What that tells me is that where Jesus was, he did not want to be disturbed. But because he had divine compassion in his heart, as soon as what he saw or what he heard came and resonated in his heart, it moved him from the position he was to the position God wanted him to be in, which was to heal the person, which was to provide them with food. Let me ask you a question. How many of you can say in a day that you are moved with compassion? Somebody, I saw one brother just say, hey, hey, move, get. I'm like Mount Zion, we shall not be moved. No. The compassion of God, what this tells me is that you can be going along your way and God must have the freedom of rain to say, Demale, turn aside and see what I want you to see and be willing to operate in the situation that I'm revealing to you. Are we together? Are we together? So what did I say you need? Number one. Number two. Let's read another scripture just to solidify this. Jude chapter one from verse 20 to 23. I think we're getting to the end. Ah, shake bobo. Help me, Jesus. Jude. Let's read together. But ye beloved... Uh, 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 let's read together. Come on, guys. But ye, beloved, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Next verse. And some, and of some have and of some have. What does the Bible say? Making a different. Next verse. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. The point I'm trying to make here is this. You have to have compassion. It is the compassion of God that you have that you, God will use to help to pull some people out of the fire. Some of you, sorry, go back to verse 21. No, verse 20 rather. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. The tongues you are praying in your car is what is deafening your ear to hear what God is saying to you. 
You say you're praying, pray, shake bo, 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 bo. Then a taxi driver comes in front of you, does something. You will say, waka, shake bo, 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 bo. No compassion. You do not know that what has just happened to you in that moment as the guy has caught you off or something is a symptom of something sick on the inside of him. And rather than being moved with compassion to pray for that person, you use the same mouth that the Bible says out of the same mouth come blessing and curses. You bless somebody today, you get to your office, and then Chiamaka <laughs> is not you. <laughs> um, Olola Day comes to you and says, um, the boss said, uh, um, our boss says, you're not doing a good job. Blah, 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 blah. And, you, you, and then she walks away and you say, idiot me. It's not serious. Have you seen that, that meme? Susan, Susan. <laughs> you, with the same mouth, where you should be moved with compassion to hear the heart of God for that specific person and begin to be the vehicle that God will use to transform that person's life. You use your mouth to curse them. So we can see how if you have divine wisdom and you are operating in divine compassion, let me tell you something. See, eh? compassion attracts people to you. If people know that I can go to this guy, he will listen to what I have to say and he will be moved to help me in the way that God wants him to help me, they will be attracted to you. Attra compassion, I want to be clear, compassion is not... It's not sympathy. Because again, some of us are very sympathetic. Me, I mean, by the grace of God, I've been trained well. My parents were really great, so they taught me how to be sympathetic. When someone comes to you and you say, you say, oh, man, I can only imagine what you're going through. You know, my heart bleeds for you. you know, sorry, these, these bars as well, sorry. Because, you know, you also have to be able to talk to the listen. My heart bleeds for you, you know, and I just trust that our God will be able to just, you know, reverse your situation, you know. You know, it is well with you, my brother. That one is sympathy. Because you have not been moved to do anything by God. Let me tell you what sympathy does. Sympathy will lock that person in their situation forever. It is sympathy that made people say, blind Bartimaeus. They saw that he was blind. They took that blind that he was and attached it to his name. That he shall be blind Bartimaeus forever. They were seeing him every day. Calling him, ah, blind Bartimaeus, bound that's sympathy. They will say, oh, they feel bad for him. But they didn't do anything about the blindness that he was in. Sympathy locks people in the condition. In the, the, the woman with the issue of blood. I'm sure they were also calling that woman with the issue of blood. Every time you read this in the Bible, woman with the issue of blood. You have locked her in the condition she is in. But compassion breaks blindness from Bartimaeus' name. Compassion breaks poverty from Oluwashio's name. Compassion breaks, you know, depression from Wale's name. So they're no longer depressed Wale. They're not just Wale of Zion. That's what compassion is there for. Compassion brings healing to one. Compassion brings deliverance to another person. Compassion brings the, break, the opening of prison doors to one. It brings cleanliness to another. It brings food for one. It brings shepherding for another. It brings, it raised the widow's son. The Bible says the widow had names. They were carrying her son. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion and he went to raise the child. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I have beat around this quite a bit, but you need divine wisdom, divine compassion to be able to do the work of evangelism. Let's move on to the next thing. So like I was saying, 
Wisdom allows you to diagnose what to do in a specific situation. Compassion allows you to feel what God feels concerning that specific situation. Wisdom allows you to see. Compassion allows you to feel. And then the next thing we need is divine power. So let's say it again. One, wisdom. Two, three. All right, divine power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, 8. Let's read together. But ye shall receive power after that. Let's read together, guys. Come on. But Power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Again, if you have wisdom to diagnose certain situations, you have compassion to be able to deal with people, you can do only, because you are human, you can only do so much in your power. You deal with one person at um, Ozumba Junction. By the time you get to Falamor Bridge, they're shouting your name again. Wale, Wale, come and help me. You deal with that person there. You get to Awolowo Roundabout, they're shouting your name again. Chiamaka, come and help me. After a while, your human strength will run out. But if you are empowered with the power of God, you can go from Ozumba in Jerusalem to Awolowo in Judea to Isaleko in Samaria all the way to Ibadan down to Oyo. You can keep going because the power of God will continue to push you and mobilize you and empower you to do the work you've been given. So, as we begin to wrap up, let me just... There's a lot I want to say that I can't say, but thankfully we'll be able to pick this up next week. And, you know, God will help us to just continue to break it down. Look, I, I have a lot that I could say, but I, I hope that these three things have resonated with you. Wisdom, compassion, and power. There is a video that I see on Twitter all the time. There's a guy who says he's a man of God, and, you know, he walks past a woman's car. And then he tells her, Mommy, wind down. She winds and says, And he starts to tell her, things you know i have seen that there's one man who is disturbing you god has told you that that man will surely die he will do this he will do that using the power of god as a toy to try and elicit funds or responses out of people or favor out of people some of us we only want miracles to be able to do miracles so that people will look at us and say man of god bishop twali baba there's none like you in all the earth the power of God is not for fun and games. The power of God is to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up those who have been beaten and those who have been struck down, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, the spirit of praise, so that they can be called trees of righteousness, so that they, the people that have, you have helped to restore, can then build up the ruined places and the desolations of many generations. I hope you've learned something today. I hope we have learned something today. So as we begin to wrap up, there's something else I want to say. Sometimes you can know that you need wisdom, power, and compassion, but you don't know the right measures to mix them in. You know, God, I need your wisdom. 
I need your compassion and I need your power. But you don't know whether you need 40% wisdom, 30% compassion, 20% power. Or whether you need 20% wisdom, 30% compassion, 50% power. You don't know the right mix. It's like when Chiamaka goes to, you know I love you. When Chiamaka goes to Sabor, she says to them, bring me a mojito. No, not mojito. She doesn't drink alcohol. She's a child of God. <laughs> she said, hmm, me? <laughs> Sorry, okay, Chapman. Chamaka goes and she tells the waiter, give me Chapman. Because in my church, the mother said, we shouldn't drink mojito. And the waiter comes. He knows the exact amount of Fanta, exact amount of Sprite, exact amount of, you know, grenadine, the exact amount of what everything in the right place. If he mixes it wrong and puts more Fanta than Sprite and he gives it to you, you will say, mm, 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 mm. this is not what I'm here for. I didn't come here for this. Where I come from, we do Chapman differently. In the same way, you meet people and if you don't know the right way to appropriate the wisdom, the compassion and the power of God, you will end up serving them a breakfast that they do not enjoy. So, the point I'm trying to make here is this. The way to know how to apportion wisdom, compassion, and power is to speak to the person who knows the end from the beginning. And that person's name is the Holy Spirit. So I want you to think about it this way. Practically, as you move forward, as you meet people, as you come in contact with them, consistently be having conversations with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want you to use me today to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives, to set, you know, to, to, to give sight to the blind. I want you to use me today. Teach me, show me, let me know where, when, how to operate. And trust me, if you do that with, a, with an honest heart, the Holy Spirit will get you into situations and then begin to tell you, apply 30% power here, apply pressure, apply 20% compassion, apply 50% wisdom, and merge it all together and you will see a wonderful thing happen in this person's life. So, as we wrap up, I want you to begin to talk to God. How many people are blessed by what they heard today? I want you to begin to talk to God. It's all good. Thank you. To God be the glory. You know, so shall be my story and all of that. But more than that, I want it to trigger a response in your heart. Don't let what God has used me to speak to you, the power, the compassion, the wisdom, everything that I have used today, don't let it be for hey. Let me also receive a blessing. So I want you to talk to God and make a commitment in your heart that Lord, thank you for the entrance of your word. Thank you for the things I've learned. Please give me grace to trust in your wisdom. Give me grace to trust in your compassion. Give me grace to trust in the power that you have empowered me with, that you have endued with me with. Help me, Lord. Give me divine boldness and courage to be able to step into situations that seem uncomfortable and use your power and your wisdom and your compassion in the right way. Talk to God, talk to God. Talk to God. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding. So Lord, we ask, let your word that has gone forth now bring light and understanding to our minds. Help us to be able to operate the way you want us to operate. In wisdom, 
in compassion and in power. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all God's people say, one more thing, actually two more things before we go. I realize that for a lot of us, the biggest hindrance to our ability to evangelize is boldness. For some of us, we don't have the strength, the boldness, the courage to step into situations and be the vessel that God can use. So I want us to pray one more prayer. If that is you, first of all, if it's not you and you're already bold, hallelujah, you can use more boldness. Boldness does not finish. But if you are that person who has a desire in their heart to be used by God, but is doesn't feel like they have the boldness to do it, I want you to lay, bow your head again and talk to God and ask God, Chamaka, talk to God. And then I think about Chapman, talk to God. And ask God, Lord, please give me boldness. Give me courage. Let me be like Gideon. Let me stand up in might and in power as I leave this place. Give me the strength. Give me the, the, the wherewithal, the ability to be a light in the darkness. To bring strength to those who are weak. Help me to cast out demons in your name. Help me to help people speak in new tongues. Help me to take up serpents and, you know, to, 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 to combat the enemy. And nothing will hurt me, Lord. Help me to, 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 to be a light into people's lives. Our Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. The final thing, if it's your birthday this week, if it's your birthday, your wedding anniversary, um, or work anniversary, or if you're celebrating anything big, or you want to celebrate for somebody, your girlfriend, your, your parents, or whatever, you want prayers on their behalf, can you just raise up your hand wherever you are? Ah, nobody's birthday. There we go. One birthday, two birthday. Okay, there we go. So if you don't mind, class, that you just stand on your feet. Again, your birthday, wedding anniversary, work anniversary, or you want to be prayed for, you want to pray for your significant other, can I just ask that you stand on your feet and let's just pray for them. Please stand. Ah, suppose your birthday tomorrow. That's, it's today. That's why you're wearing this orange jacket. Sabi the walk. God bless you, my brother. Let's stand. Church, can you just stretch out your hands to them wherever they may be? The person who is closest to you and speak a word of blessing over their lives. Pray for the people around you. Michelle, pray for Fumi. Pray for them. Speak a word of blessing. Whatever blessing you want God to do in your own life, speak it over them. We declare you are healed. We declare you are delivered. We declare you are provided for. We declare that in this new year, you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from victory to victory. In this new year, your hand will not fall down in the name of Jesus. You will receive strength in your ankle bones to rise up and build in the name of Jesus. We declare that this year will be a year of wonders for you in the name of Jesus. We declare that as you walk into this new year, you will receive fresh light, fresh understanding from God, what your purpose is, fresh power to be able to do the will of God. We declare that in this year, you will not be sick, you will not be weak, you will not lose your job, you, you will not, you will not, no evil will come before you, no plague will come near your dwelling in the name of Jesus. We declare that as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the hand of God will be around you. You will be shielded and cocooned from the power of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We declare that this year is a year of upliftment for you, a year of promotion, a year of divine, divine, divine alignment with the will of God in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Please clap for them as they sit down.
Okay, thank you so much for indulging me. Um, it's always a privilege to be here. I want to say thank you to everyone. God bless you. And please, as you go into the week ahead, let God use you. Let God use you. Amen? Let God use you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.